So today as we talk about motivation, we need to break the word down into what's the root word in motivation? Well, it's motive. Why is it that someone wants to accomplish something? What motivates a person? First and foremost, what's the motive? Now, motivation can be either extrinsic or intrinsic. Extrinsic motivation is motivation that comes from outside. It can be a song that motivates you. It can be listening to someone's words. It can be someone doing something demonstrative that motivates you. So that's extrinsic motivation. In other words, that's the motivation that comes from outside and helps you be motivated. Intrinsic motivation is motivation that you provide for yourself. Your desires, so to speak, can be a part of your intrinsic motivation. Your goals can be intrinsic motivation because those goals help you stay disciplined in accomplishing and moving towards those goals. Another example of intrinsic motivation is quiet time. If I say nothing else today, let me just share this with you. Starting your day well or ending your day well, in my opinion, is best done with some quiet time. Not always easy to find that time, but if you can capture those moments where you read a little bit, you pray a little bit, you listen a lot, so to speak, during that quiet time, and that can really set the tone for your day. Personally, I think it's better to have that quiet time in the morning before your day begins so that you feel good. And part of motivation, you're lifting yourself up. You're preparing yourself for what's ahead of you. And intrinsic motivation, real frankly, is more important than extrinsic motivation. Now, I have a little drawing here, and this is a gas can. Maybe it doesn't look like a gas can to you, but it's a little gas can. And then this is a match. And we all know what happens when a match comes in contact with a can of gas. We get an explosion. Well, when you look at motivation, combination of extrinsic or intrinsic, and we can get an explosion. Your life can explode with achievement and excitement and significance and success. But we need to bring the match in combination with the gas. The match by itself may not do it. Just like extrinsic motivation may not be enough. Intrinsic motivation can be helped by extrinsic motivations. Let me give you a couple examples. Back in 1980, the U.S. hockey team, a lot of you weren't even born then, but be with me for a couple of minutes here. Stay with me. Herb Brooks decided, he was the hockey coach at the University of Minnesota, and he was selected to be the coach for the U.S. Olympic team. Well, for a long, long time, the Russians and the Czechoslovakians and the Sweden, Swedish teams had all done way better than the Olympic Games than the U.S. hockey team. U.S. hockey team was made up of amateurs, 18 to 23, 24-year-olds. These other teams from other countries were from age range from 20 to 35 years old, growing men still playing hockey representing their 
country. But long story short, Herb Brooks started training that team in preparation for the Olympics in 1980 in Lake Placid, New York. And I never will forget when that actual round of competition began. No one, maybe with the exception of Herb Brooks, felt like the U.S. Olympic team was going to win the gold medal. And yet, they went on to win the gold. In fact, they beat the Soviet Union in the semifinals. And it was a time in America where the non-hockey fans were excited about hockey. Now, let me talk to you about the motivation quickly. Herb Brooks combined extrinsic motivation with his team and intrinsic because the more he coached his team, he motivated his team, the more they began to believe it and it fed from within. So they took on the responsibility for their own self-motivation. Famous locker room talk before the game against the Soviet Union. Herb Herb Brooks made this comment to his team. This is your time. This is our time. Their time is over. And the USA Olympic hockey team went out that night and defeated what many believe was the best amateur hockey team in the world in the Soviet Union. But on that night, they were not the best team. The USA hockey team was the best team. Extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. There's also two types of motivation in that we have verbal motivation and we have behavioral motivation. Verbal is simply what people say to someone else or they hear someone else say to them that motivates them. Coaches, classroom teachers, family members can say things to people and it causes people to sit up, want to do their very best, and move forward. Behavioral motivation actually is less attractive, but it's more effective over the long haul because behavioral motivation becomes that kind of motivation that becomes day-to-day progress, a little bit at a time, but a testimony where that behavior is watched and it's watched closely by people and people learn by watching and they see a positive example over and over and over again. Let me give an example of behavioral motivation. When I was the head football coach at the University of Puget Sound, I had a player by the name of Mike Oliphant. And Mike went on to play in the NFL for four seasons. The University of Puget Sound, small liberal arts school here in Tacoma, was not known for sending players to the NFL. But Mike's sophomore and junior year, I had the pleasure of coaching him for three years. And we had some very good teams. But in each of his sophomore and junior year, those teams, we lost a key game away from Baker Stadium, a road game. And we'd look back on our season and we'd say, if we'd have won one more game, we'd have won them, we'd have made the national playoffs. 
So I began talking to Mike and his fellow senior class in the off season and preparing for the year. And we talked about the importance of winning on the road, not losing that key game on the road. And as we talked about it, I did my best to exhort them, how do we become a better road team? And now let me tell you the rest of what happened. We go into fall camp, a lot of excitement. We have a good returning team, so to speak, from the 1986 squad. And we go through fall camp and we're excited about playing our first game. We're gonna play in the Tacoma Dome against Pacific Lutheran University. And game day comes, we have our pregame meal over at the student union. We come over to the athletic department, we load the buses and Mike Oliphant is late. Now here I am, head football coach, my best player, captain on the team, and he's late. Players on the bus, I'm on the bus, assistant coaches on the bus, we're ready to head to the Tacoma Dome, we're waiting for Mike, and I'm not that patient, a head coach. But here comes Mike, and he's got his travel bag with all his gear on him, he gets on the bus, and I kind of glare at him, I suppose, why is he late, didn't want to deal with the time, he walks in, sits down on the bus, we drive down the Tacoma Dome. We go through the pregame drills, get ready to go off the field for the last time, go in the locker room, say a few words, and then send the team out to play. Except this was different. Players left the field. They go to the locker room. Coaching staff walks down the hallway to the locker room. Before we got to the locker room door, we hear this screaming and howling going on. And usually that happens after the head coach gives his talk, gets the team fired up. They were ahead of me, so to speak. We open the locker room doors and here there were, was dirt all over our players, nice, beautiful, white uniforms. Where did the dirt come from? Why was Michael Lafont late to get on the bus because what he had done is he had taken a small spade he'd gone out on our practice field and dug up chunks of sod he had put them in his travel bag with the rest of his gear unbeknownst to anyone and when those players had come back in that locker room after their pregame warm-up he had rubbed dirt from baker stadium our practice field on those uniforms. His message was simple. This is our field. This is our home, Baker Bog, as we called it. And you know what's interesting? It's a great example of behavioral motivation because it wasn't what Mike said, but it was what he did that motivated that team. That team went out and defeated a very solid Pacific Lutheran team that night by a score to 24 to seven. It wasn't really even a game. Great example of behavioral motivation. Let me talk about the use of words in motivating in two categories, praise or critique. Most of what we say as people is either a positive or it can be what I call of concern which can be perceived as negative, can be critical. One of the analogies I use, praise in public, 
criticize in private. Praise and critique really become a function of what are we noticing in our children, for example. Do we notice our children doing things well, or are we quick to catch them when they do things wrong? Are we equal, or are we too much on the watching them do it wrong and then being quick to critique? Or are we speaking life to influence? If you're a boss, owner of a business, you have employees. Do your employees enjoy your voice because you are praising? Or does your voice cause anxiety because you're critiquing more than praising? Stop and think about it. Most all of us love to hear praise and we can learn from criticism. I don't know if there's ever too much praise, but I would say to you, there's too much critique. Let's move on. Got a couple more points I want to make. When it comes to critiquing, I think one of the things I've learned is, are we dealing with an incident or are we dealing with a pattern? We all fall short at times. We all make errors. That's an incident. So if my child, my son is late and it causes me to be late, that's an incident. It's important for me to realize anybody can be late because of a circumstance, an incident. Treat it like an incident and move on. However, if you're dealing with a pattern, so for example, go to the workplace, you have an employee who's habitually late. We're no longer talking about an incident, are we? We're talking about a pattern. A pattern needs to be dealt with because as sure as I'm standing here today, a pattern gets noticed by other employees. And if they see one of their coworkers come in five minutes late, 10 minutes late, show up for meetings late, that pattern starts to affect the rest of the team. And it more than likely becomes a, oh, well, that person's getting by with being late. Patterns need to be dealt with. Now, patterns need at some point in time to be critiqued. And the best critique is with relationship. So if I, as a supervisor or a boss or the CEO, the headmaster, which I was for 26 years, if I sit down with an employee and I have a relationship with them, I can quite effectively deal with a pattern of tardiness or some other area of concern to the organization. Why? Because they have the relationship and they'll have an understanding of why it is I want to visit with them. And I think there's a better than average chance that they're going to understand. However, if I don't have relationship, it becomes much more difficult to critique because the other person doesn't feel valued, doesn't feel the relationship, doesn't feel the care and concern. Let's move on to encouragement. 
This podcast series, Winning Words, Speaking Life. Speaking life is about speaking encouragement into others, into your spouse, into your children, into your friends, into your coworkers, your teammates, and people in general, people you don't even know you can speak life into. We're giving life, we're pumping blood, we're creating energy in other people. We're causing smiles as compared to blank faces. There's three ways by which you can draw encouragement and give encouragement. I think you have to have the tank full in order to give. In other words, you've got to get before you can give. One of the best ways to prepare yourself to encourage is to read. Fill your stuff with good content. Fill your inside with the best nutrients. Feed yourself by reading the right things, listening to the right things. Listen to other people when they speak. We all enjoy a pleasant voice that says soothing things to us. We enjoy great soft music at times. Why? Because it calms our spirit. It brings smiles to our faces, so to speak. So reading and listening become a part of filling your own vessel so you can pour it out. You can pour it into others. So what you read and what you listen, then you have an opportunity to apply it. And when it comes to encouragement, I remember Fulton Buntain used to say, no one ever got too much encouragement. He never met a person in over 50 years of ministry that said, Pastor, don't encourage me anymore. I got too much encouragement already. No one ever said that. So applying your words to encourage others, you, let me leave this thought with you. You may be the only person today that says something positive to a person. You might be the only voice of encouragement that lifts them up. As we close today, I want to talk to you about a couple of rallying cries that I've come across that are in my book. One of which is from a coach that's done a fabulous job at the University of Minnesota, uh, coaching the football team. And his expression is simple, row the boat. And he used that expression from day one when he got to the University of Minnesota through this second season, over and over and over. And he was simply saying those three words over and over to his players, row the boat, which meant take action. But if you think about a boat and rowing it, it takes teamwork, it takes timing, it takes precision. So he kept on telling those players day after day, row the boat, row the boat, row the boat. And what did they do in their second season? They went on to a major bowl and got a great win. The other gentleman, a saying I picked up this year from Oval James, and here it is. Be the best you can be every day. When we get in the habit of being at our best, you know what? We provide intrinsic motivation to ourselves. Why? Because we become like we were yesterday. We were at our best yesterday, and we're going to be at our best today. There's a confidence that goes with it. And the last one is one I've used for years. I don't know where I got it. And it's simply this. 
We get better or worse every day. We never stay the same. So when I get up in the morning, I'm anticipating I'm going to be better at the end of the day. Why? Because I'm a firm believer I'm going to get better. I'm going to stay away from getting worse today. I'm going to take the street that takes me to getting better every day. I want to close this out with three questions for you. And the questions are pretty simple. One of which is, you want to start over? Okay, good. Where are you at in the motivation sphere? Are you, if you think back to your life, think of an example in your life where someone did something that provided tremendous positive reinforcement to you. How did you feel? Think of that illustration. Secondly, recall a time in your life, maybe it's recently, maybe it's been a few years ago, when you got negative reinforcement and remember that feeling. Now, which of the two would you prefer to receive? And which of the two would you want to give away? Would you want to give away the negative reinforcement or would you prefer to give away the positive? Where are you catching people? Are you catching people? Are you intentional about speaking life to encourage others? Or do you have a watchful eye for the critique because whatever you're watching for is what you will see. If you see the good in people, you're going to provide positive reinforcement. You're going to speak life. If you're looking for them to fall short, if you're going to remind them of what they've done wrong consistently, you're going, your voice is going to be one of negative reinforcement. So you have an opportunity every day to speak life, to influence others. And as you speak life, you have opportunity to motivate people. They need your voice. They need your words of encouragement. So I would simply say to you that winning words includes the right words at the right time by the right person. You can be that right person. Thanks so much for being with us today as we've talked about motivation, extrinsic, intrinsic, behavioral, verbal, all the different types. Bottom line, bottom line, speak life to influence others, be an encourager. Thanks again.